Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast IDP edition. We're already two weeks into the NFL season. There's certainly no shortage of data to pour through as we preview the key defensive players for fantasy football heading into week three. And of course, I could not do this on my own. From Football Guys, another one of my favorite ID peoples, the great Joey the Tooth. Joey, what is up, my man? What's going on, man? Not much, dude. Just uh, enjoying the season so far. It's early in the year, so I'm still feeling kind of fresh and 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 full of energy uh, before you know week seven or so comes around, and then I'm I'm just a corpse. But um, it's <laughs> this last it's been this good last so week far. is kind of like a, a kick in the chops, though. There's been some just injuries and oh god, the the Nick Chop one was was oh, just brutal. That one that guy. one helped me, man. Yeah, that was uh, I, I that always root for Nick Chubb. The dude's been phenomenal his entire career. Like literally, probably one of the best pure runners in the NFL, if not the best. Yeah, yeah. And the dude's built like he's. <sighs> A physical specimen just to watch his his knee go like that. I was like, man, yeah, it, it, it sucks, dude. It, it, that's it's literally it's the worst part uh, of playing the game and 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 watching the game and being a fan and and for fantasy football too. Like the injuries are just so frustrating. You never mm-hmm. know who's gonna get struck down by the uh, the injury grim reaper. Um, but unfortunately, it happens every single year, right? Yes. So we we learn to adjust and and go on but uh yeah it's it's always frustrating it, it's definitely frustrating but um at least so far idp wise things have been pr- pretty good I, yeah. i'd say i we've even had some good. miraculous recoveries on that side of the ball too yeah. which has been nice to see so we'll talk about some of those too but um yeah man I, i'm excited to get into it um just a, a reminder as we go that you should be able to find um for people listening um you should be able to find links to my rankings on on pff.com in the episode description on youtube as well as the link to the handy dandy idp fantasy report that has all the snap shares and and utilization waiver wire targets for idp following week two um that's free on pff.com so be sure to check that out in case uh there is something maybe that we don't cover today that you're hoping to learn about so um, you can find all of that stuff pretty much on the website as well. And definitely check out Joey's work over at footballguys.com. And you're doing rankings over there as well, right, Joey? Uh, yeah, I actually do projections, which goes straight into Beautiful. my rankings. That's, that's, that's actually kind of a nice process. Love that. So, yeah, definitely check all that out as well. Um, but we'll reference some of that stuff as we go here, and we're going to get into it in just a sec. But first, I do want to give a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to cover covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, Joey, let's get into it and start with Thursday night football, the New York Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. I'll let you kick us off. What do you want to talk about uh, IDP-wise from this game? Um, well, first off, uh, Nick Bosa doesn't have a sack yet. 
but I'm not worried at all. He does have nine pressures, I believe, in the first two games. So he's he's there. Nick Bosa's I'm not worried about him one bit. He's still gonna finish with probably 10, 12 sacks in the season, if not more. Yeah. But yeah, and to go up against the New York Giants who have allowed 10 sacks on the season, it's this should be the game, right? <laughs> it's I would be. hope so. And no Andrew Thomas, I don't think, either right. for, for the Giants, right? So they're top one Daniel of the Jones' pocket yeah. awareness is just – it's still not there. He's much better than he was his first yep. few years in the league, but he, his pocket awareness is still a little off. So, Yeah, no, I, I'm not worried about uh, Nick Bosa at all. Um, he's edge four for me this week. and Like I said, no Andrew Thomas for the Giants on Thursday Night Football, so that certainly helps as well. There, there is another player in this game, um, another edge rusher that's also kind of gotten off to a bit of a slow start, kind of a disappointing start for people. Kayvon Thibodeau of the New York Giants has mm-hmm. also n- no sacks so far, but it could potentially draw um, Colton McKivitz in, in this game, who's uh, allowed three sacks on the year, 48.6 pass blocking grade for him. So I still have faith in Kayvon Thibodeau, he's edge 20 for me. I, I know the slow start isn't particularly encouraging, and he doesn't necessarily even have the pass rush metrics to kind of fall back on for IDP managers who did spend up to get him in drafts this year. But um, I think this will be a nice matchup for him, um, for those holding out hope. I think this could potentially be at least like a, a good measuring stick going forward where um, he should have at least a stronger game here against a potentially uh, favorable matchup. Um against McKivitz in, in the 49ers uh, offensive line, but not Trent Williams on the other side. Yeah, no, stay away from Trent Williams. And I think uh, part of Thibodeau's slow start also has to do with Aziz Ojolari not being fully healthy so far to start the season. I mean, he, I, I don't even think he played last week. He played sparingly in week one. And it's just it, when you have a another potent pass rush on the opposite side, obviously it helps draw some attention away from you. So with him missing – Sure, you still have the interior with Lawrence and Leonard Williams, but you're not coming off the edge. Like it's they're all their attention is going to be on Thibodeau. Yeah, I hear you. And and look, that Giants, they're even their interior guys, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, really, really disruptive. Still, I know they haven't blown up the stat sheet at this point yet, but these guys are still collapsing the pocket at a high rate too. So that that's only going to help Thibodeau eventually, Ojolari too, once they get out there. But it's only two weeks into the season, so I'm not panicking on these guys. I like both Williams and Dexter Lawrence as well um, as top 12 edge plays uh, pretty much on, on a weekly basis. They're just so good at what they do. They, they play enough that they should be um, get, racking up tackles as well. So mm-hmm. uh, I do like the, the Giants' defensive line overall. But... Um, let's let's cover one maybe one more thing uh for for the giants here we know their linebackers we know bobby okereke um is the the top guy there the the second role michael mcfadden is not a full-time role isaiah mm-hmm. simmons has not been anywhere near a full-time player so nothing too different there for the linebackers but the safety position i think um has been kind of interesting so far jason pinnick uh has been pretty effective um but he, I think last week, 13 tackles. Um, yeah. So really, really effective in that game. But just uh, 13% in the box for Jason Pinnock uh, in week two. I think, look, 13 tackles, obviously there's going to be some regression. But I think people might, you know, see a, a, a larger regression, um, if that's if that makes sense, uh, in week three uh, against the 49ers here. Because that that's a pretty high snap share to be playing deep um, and to keep up that double digit tackle rate. So we could see him kind of come down closer to, I think, maybe six or seven at the most uh, here in week three. But how about you? Do you like Pinnock at all? 
Oh, I do. I like them a lot. I just, uh, again, this week against the 49ers, especially with the Giants probably playing from behind, the 49ers will probably go a little run heavy. And if Penix playing deep, it's not going to help them at all. Yeah. So that, I definitely don't see 13 tackles this week. I, I like Xavier McKinney. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, McKinney's actually, yeah, McKinney's been playing a little bit more in the box. I think people expected, um, that that to be kind of switched they thought mckinney maybe would be the guy playing deep but so far mckinney's been when coming up closer to the line of scrimmage so that's been nice to see for him yeah um anything else from this game how about what do you think about because i i have diamador lenore as my cb4 uh for this week he, he's tied for the most targets and coverage at the position so far this season led to strong tackle numbers through two weeks. I think he ranks seventh among all defensive backs and tackle efficiency at 15.6%. So I think Lenore uh, should continue to make the most of his opportunities here against the giants who, who rank among the top five teams in average fantasy points allowed to the cornerback position through two weeks as well. So um, he's been, a, he's been somebody that I've been in on this week as well. Yeah, yeah, same here, and and Charverius Ward at that too, and and the thing with the 49ers corners is they get targeted a lot because their offense is potent, so teams are always trying to keep up, and with the 49ers defense, it's it's they it just like puts a stranglehold on you, so you really have to push the ball to to keep up, you know. So those corners are getting targeted quite often. So that I see Lenore, that's why he's getting targeted so much. Ward's coming up, I think he has close to 18 tackles so far too yeah. I, I think he had 10 last week yeah. so even isaiah oliver's playing well and he's he's not even a full-time role so mm-hmm. i i love san francisco's corners mainly because of the fact their offense is so good yeah yeah it, it, they're they're they've been solid even last year they were really good so they're just a nice group to kind of target for idp leagues um so really like those guys just to kind of keep an eye out for those people that are playing in cb required leagues we do like the san francisco corners typically um week to week all right let's go on to the sunday slate here and we'll talk about the new orleans saints at the green bay packers um let's start with i guess to me maybe the most interesting player in this group, it's Quay Walker. Um, basically LB one season for this guy. He has been a, a, a monster through the first two weeks. I have him as LB three this week, but look, he took over that LB one role from Devondre Campbell, which I admittedly was surprised. I, I, I did not think that was going to happen as soon as this year. I thought Devondre Campbell would still be the every down guy, but here we are. We roll with it. We got Quay Walker putting up 23% tackle efficiency uh, in week two. He had that amazing interception return in week one as well. So he's up there. He's inside my top five linebackers for this week. I love Quay Walker, mostly because I love this defense too for, for uh, tackle efficiency. The Packers are the most zone-heavy defense in the NFL at 94.2% of their defensive snaps they spent in zone. So um, it, for anybody that's new, to, to why that's important zone t- zone coverage schemes typically yield almost double the tackle efficiency that man coverage does so the more the players play in zone for linebackers specifically the better it is for tackle efficiency so definitely love that for quay walker uh how about you joey what do you what do you what do you like this uh the packers linebacker core here oh 100 was it last week when quay walker had 18 tackles and and campbell had 14 something like yeah, that yeah he was up there too yeah, it, it's just such a nice defense to play in. And e- yeah. even if Campbell's not playing an every down role, right? So, um, yeah, definitely love that. Uh, anybody else on Green Bay that that that's interesting to you that you'd want to talk about right now? Or, or um, do you want to talk? I actually have uh, 
I write a um, streaming article for the defensive line for football guys every week, and I actually have Preston Smith as a player to stream this week. Uh, Saints have given up eight sacks so far in the season. Preston Smith, I think, has, I think it was six pressures so far in the season, four tackles last week. I know he didn't have any in the first week, but four tackles last week. And, and he's, so he's putting up pressures. He's putting up tackles, so you have a little bit of a tackle floor. And the Saints, with their pass blocking being a little below average so far in the season, and probably playing catch up against Green Bay because I, th- I think Green Bay's offense is still pretty potent. I think uh, I think Preston Smith's a nice little streaming option. Yeah, Smith's a great one. Look, uh, look at the snaps last week. Seventy percent uh, for Preston Smith last week. So he's out there. He's not really leaving the field. That's ideal. And he's always been solid, right? So I, I, I like that call for Preston Smith. And the other guy highlighted in this uh, this slide here for the YouTube crowd is Rashawn Gary, who. Just continues to impress coming off a torn ACL, man. He was he was playing 16% of snaps last week, and he had like five pressures. Um, <laughs> this week, he played a little bit more. He played 27% and just continued to be a freak uh, rushing the passer. 26.7% win rate, 20% pressure rate. Um, I don't know that we'll see Rashawn Gary get a full-time role this week. I would bet that, look, the Packers have a week six bye I think they wait until after the bye to kind of fully unleash him in that full-time role. So I think week seven uh, is where we could really start to trust Rashawn Gary uh, in lineups with a full uh, full workload. And the, the pass rush metrics are, are there for Rashawn Gary. The guy's an absolute beast. He could potentially be um, a top 12 edge rusher for IDP this year. So love that um, once he gets healthy. Yep. Uh, how do you feel about Pete Werner? I know he's got the the every down rule, but I feel like this season, in comparison to last season, his numbers have actually dropped. Yeah, he hasn't been as efficient um, this year, and 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 Demario Davis has had a couple nice games, but yeah, it's been a little bit frustrating so far for Pete Warner. Even though it's been nice to see him kind of not come off the field, a hundred percent in week one, and ninety eight point three percent in week two. So basically, he's missed like one or two snaps all year so far. Um, but I, yeah, I've typically liked Pete Werner. He's been like one of the better run defenders right. uh, in the league. So those tackle numbers I would expect probably come up at some point, but um, so far, yeah, not, uh, not amazing numbers from Pete Werner compared to what we saw from him pre-injury last year. Right. So, right. um, yeah, I would hope that they come up, but, um, how about you? Where, where are you at with him? I'm a little, I'm actually very disappointed. I was pretty high on Pete Werner. He was kind of a guy that you could wait and draft. Grab him probably as like your LB2 and even mm-hmm. LB3 in some cases. People just seem to let him drop. And he was so efficient last year tackling that it's like, it's almost a no brainer to grab him. I think I had him as a LB18 maybe to start the season. Okay. Yeah. But man, it just, he hasn't really, he hasn't really wowed me at all this year. He, last year, he had those games where it was just like, he was there every single play, but yeah. I don't know if it's an expanded role to him. It has him doing something different, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I still have like I still have faith that he'll get there. I just and I and I do think Demario Davis will kind of come back down to earth a little bit as well because I know he's had a couple big games, but. Demario Davis typically has been pretty inefficient over the last couple of years as, as a tackler. So I think that the, the, we'll start to see this things kind of balance out there as Warner's a little bit better at, at getting to the ball first. So I have faith. I, I'm going to roll him out there probably in that LB2 range again this this week uh, against the Packers. But yeah, you're right. It, it's been you don't love it at this point. You don't right. feel great about it. But I, I'm not like dropping him or, or benching oh, no. him or anything not at this point. Means. Right. So. 
I'm, you're yeah. still playing, especially with that volume. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That that's the main thing, right? And there's so many guys that I mean, we'll talk about that are just not getting that volume. So, right. um, and then one more thing from from New Orleans, their edge rushers tougher matchup this week against the Packers O line, um, especially if they get David Bakhtiari back. I know he played Week One, yeah. didn't play Week Two, potentially should be back. But even Zach Tom, their other tackle, has been really solid. Um, even Rashid Walker, uh, who who filled in for David Bakhtiari, mm-hmm. I think only allowed one pressure last week. I think all these tackles combined have only allowed two pressures from um, the for the entire season. Bakhtiari didn't allow any in week one. So tougher matchup for uh, Cameron Jordan and Carl Granderson, that is, uh, against the, the Packers offensive line, uh, specifically their offensive tackles. Um, typically, Jordan and Granderson have been kind of more volume dependent edge rushers um, and not like, you know, amazing pass rush metrics. Although looking at the screen here week two, they did have uh, stronger games uh, against the Panthers. All right, let's go to the Los Angeles Chargers and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Joey, what do you want to start with here uh, with uh, LAC and MIN? I kind of want to look at the linebackers on both sides uh, with Eric Kendricks being questionable again. Kenneth Murray last year, he looked like the player that they drafted him to be. I mean, he came away with, I think it was 10 tackles and a sack. It's like, you haven't seen anything like that from Kenneth Murray. I don't think since he's been drafted. Yeah. Yeah. No, you really haven't. He's been super disappointing so far. He was in on almost every snap. Yeah. And I don't know if Eric Kendricks doesn't play. I mean, you have to fire up Kenneth Murray, right? You, you have to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, he he made the waiver wire article at the end of week one for me because he was playing 90% of snaps with Kendricks out there. And, and I know he didn't have like a strong output in that game. And then it ended up that Kendricks ended up missing week two. And like you said, he had that big game because the volume's there. And that, that's what we trust more than anything. Even if Murray's typically been um, disappointing, we, we can still we could still roll him out there, especially if Kendricks isn't playing. So right. yeah, I'm with you. Um, I, I don't know what the Kendrick status is right now. I think he might still be questionable. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I would be rolling Kenneth Murray out there. And then the next guy up, if Kendricks doesn't play in the smaller role is, is Nick Neiman for uh, deeper leagues. Yeah. Nick Neiman. <laughs> um, yeah, man. And then the other thing with the chargers too, uh, before we go to the, the Vikings linebackers, cause I'm excited to talk about the Vikings linebackers. I'm as sure you probably are. know. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Joey Bosa, man, I, I just want to give a, a shout out to Joey Bosa who was dealing with the hamstring injury coming into the week. He played less than 30% of the snaps at week two and still landed two sacks. I know that he has the injury issues that he could be super frustrating, but he is still one of the best pure pass rushers in the entire NFL. So if he can get healthy and, and get back to that full workload, I mean, he's just easy, dangerous, dangerous player. So you still want him on your IDP rosters. Um, I would not be trying to get rid of him for free or, or, or moving on from him or anything like that. Just keep an eye on the snaps, keep, monitor his health. But if he's healthy, you, you kind of have to play him. Yeah, you play him and you can't you can't get rid of him because people are already have the injury tags stuck to him. So it's like you're not going to yeah. get value on him. So if you have both, so just hold him and play him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Enough of the Chargers. We know everything else about them with their safeties. King Derwin over there as well. But mm-hmm. let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about those Minnesota Vikings linebackers, Joey. Um, <laughs> yes, the crop top of Ivan Pace Jr. has earned him. 
a spot as a starting linebacker in the NFL, despite not getting drafted. Um, look, we talked about it last week that he he overtook uh, Brian Osamoa for the LB2 role. And now here he is um, increasing his role even further here. I, I have the, uh, there's the slide here. So 79.2% of the snaps for Ivan Pace Jr. Uh, playing behind Jordan Hicks, who was at 93.5%. Pace still eight tackles in the game, strong tackle efficiency. I mean, this guy, he, he just looks great. He's the second highest graded rookie defender in the entire league right now uh, from PFF. So definitely love that uh, for Ivan Pace. But are you are you comfortable starting him at this point uh, in the season in, say, a two-linebacker? starting spot with maybe like a defensive flex so potentially three linebackers would you start it three linebackers yeah two kind of gets a little tight just because he is still yeah. hovering in that 80 percent range but three linebacker definitely i mean he, when he's on the field he's he's around the ball i mean he's he's a tackle monster honestly so yeah he's he's so good at slipping blocks at the second yeah. level and just getting himself in the right position to make a tackle that that's what made him great coming out of college, even as a smaller player. And it's what's earned him such high grades as well. He's such a good run defender. Right. Um, and he's so quick to the ball. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'm not starting him in, in two linebacker leagues. I think you can make a case for him in three linebacker leagues, depending on the size of your league as well, because he, he is effective. And look, the the Minnesota defense as well is has been a lot more linebacker friendly this year under Brian Flores, even though they blitz a ton. I think they're the most blitz heavy team in the league under Brian Flores. That probably was never going to change, but Flores with Miami ran the most man heavy defense in the entire league for those three seasons that he was the the coach over there. And now he runs, runs almost none. I, I, I tweet about it this the other day, but He's, I think, 30th in the league in man coverage um, deployment so far this season. So, yeah, it's it's a huge difference from what we've been used to for him. But like we just talked about recently, that that zone coverage is a benefit for these linebackers. So Jordan Hicks, um, who who is playing a little bit more on the edge, so it might not affect him as much. Um, but it definitely could be a positive for Ivan Pace, especially if we see those um those snap numbers kind of increase in the weeks ahead as well. So I'm excited. I'm very, very excited about uh, Ivan Pace and and hope that we can just be comfortable locking him into a starting lineup at some point, but it's probably going to take a 90% uh, snap roll to, to get there um, yeah. to really feel comfortable in most leagues. So yeah. Anything else uh, from the 49 or from the, uh, the Vikings that you, you want to cover here? Uh, Cam Bynum. He was yes. such a nice, nice buy low target this offseason. Pretty much just pick him up off of waivers almost. I mean, he played well last year, but everybody figured it was because Lewis Sign was out. I mean, he mm -hmm. was there with a second round pick, and everybody was already crowning him the starting job this year, even before the season even started. And I was like, well, I was looking at his ADP, and I think he was like the DB 130 or 140. Like, <laughs> this guy almost had 100 tackles last season. I think he had 99 tackles last season. It's like, wow. Yeah, he was super healthy last season, right? right. So yeah. Why are we why are we automatically granting sign the the job? It's like, no, I'm gonna, yeah. I'm gonna draft find him in as many leagues as I possibly can with like my last pick. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm with you, man. You you target that volume, and yeah, like you said, Lewis Seen or Sign, however you say it, mm -hmm. he, he, a former first round pick, but 
just hasn't got on the field. They're even playing Josh Metellus um, in a 70% right. role and as that kind of dime safety and, and really nice deployment for him for the, for the most part, um, or at least it was in uh, in week one mostly in the slot in week two. So he's getting a lot of snaps out there. So it's not even the first, the former first rounder Lewis seen that's getting out there. Um, so yeah, it's been, uh, it's been nice to see for Bynum, uh, even for Josh Metellus, but Harrison Smith has kind of been the one that's been a bummer, I think for people, mm. because his deployment has been super favorable. 35% of the box last week, just 39% deep. So everything is kind of there for him to produce, but he just hasn't been able to do it. So He's also been missing some tackles, looks a little bit slower. He's definitely getting older as well. Older. So, yeah, he, he's like the rest of us, man. We just don't move the same anymore no. once we get into our mid-30s or so. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's hard to blame him, but I, I understand the frustration because I think people, you know, still um, associate Harrison Smith with being a strong IDP just because he has such a long history of doing it. But right, right now I'm, uh, I got Cam Bynum as uh, safety 16 and I've moved Harrison Smith down to safety 35 or so for me. Yeah. I mean, the writing was on the wall kind of last season. Harrison Smith's tackle numbers dropped drastically. He still had, I think what five interceptions, but that's what boosted his, his overall numbers at the end of the season. I mean, his tackle mm-hmm. numbers dropped pretty drastically last year. So it was kind of like the yeah. writing was on the wall that, Father Time's catching up with him a little bit, but yeah, yeah. Time is undefeated, man. That, that's mm-hmm. the that's the thing we always uh, kind of come back to every season. There's always a few people that uh, that get caught this year, uh, each year, and, and this year it looks like Harrison Smith potentially. Hopefully, he bounces back and proves us wrong. Especially now that we've said it out loud, um, that'll probably happen. So we still love you. <laughs> yes, of course. You will yeah, always hold a small part in my heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we consider Harrison Smith one of our peers here, as mm-hmm. uh, also people aging in our our thirties. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As even though we're nowhere near. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Um, anything else from from Minnesota and uh, the Chargers? Um, just fire up Daniel Hunter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every he's been week. amazing. Yeah. Definitely making a case to get paid. Right. Four yeah. sacks so far in twenty twenty three. He's so good. Yeah. So, yeah, I think I have him as edge six this week. So, yeah, yeah still love uh, Daniel Hunter for sure. But uh, let's go on to the New England Patriots and the New York Jets. Um, I'll start us off here because Matthew Judon draws a really nice matchup here uh, against the Jets. 31st ranked pass blocking offensive line. So Judon playing a ton of snaps as he has the last few years under Belichick. So that always kind of helps him deliver some, some production there just based on volume, but also draws a nice matchup against uh, Zach Wilson and his jets offensive line, which uh, you love to see that for, for Judon. So definitely be firing him up as well. But I think one of the more interesting players, at least for me this year for uh, new England and, and well, there's a couple, but let, let's start at linebacker because Juwan Bentley is actually playing hundred percent of snaps in, in both of the, the first two games of the season hasn't been super efficient. So you wouldn't think that he was playing hundred percent of snaps and just assume that he was back at his regular, like 80% average, which he was uh, last year. Um, but he's there. He's, he's playing every single snap the, the past two games. And I, I do wonder if that sticks the rest of the year, especially as Kyle Duggar has moved a little bit deeper and, and with Devin McCourty retiring. So I wonder if, if that role kind of sticks for him and then we could potentially see that, that uh, efficiency kind of increase at, in certain games. Yeah. Do you think, uh, has, um, is Marte Mapu healthy now? 
Yeah, yeah, he's out there. He uh, he concussed Jalen Waddle on uh, oh, on Sunday right. Night Football. Right. Yeah, unfortunately. So um, he he's <laughs> a little more if his role starts to diminish a little. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, he's big. He was out there. I mean, he played forty seven percent of snaps. It looks like um, yeah. in in week two. But yeah, I uh, he's in he's in my bad books right now for Marte Mapu because I have <laughs> way too much Jalen Waddle oh, yeah. um, for <laughs> to yep. see him get smacked in the back of the head like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other interesting piece in New England has been the safeties. Kyle Duggar has been frustrating a lot of people, Very. even though he's been playing 100% of snaps. And we we talked about it last week. Uh, Johnny the Greek and I we were saying how it was even a nice matchup for him um, going into the into the week, and it just didn't translate um, against the Dolphins. And and Alohi Gilman was able to put up 11 tackles in Week One against the Dolphins, playing mostly deep. So I thought. Kyle Duggar potentially could get that, especially since he was playing more deep, but the utilization is all there for him still. It's a right. decent role. And, you know, 24% in the box with 31% in the slot or 32%. So he's up closer to the line of scrimmage on, on more than half of his snaps, pretty much. It just hasn't added up to tackle efficiency yet. And I feel like it'll come, but are you concerned at all about Kyle Duggar so far? I mean, I, I just, I'm disappointed. I don't think I'm concerned. Yeah. I'm more just disappointed. I know he's good. I know he's a good player. I think this week's going to be the week for him, honestly, with playing the just after what Zach Wilson did last week. I don't think the Jets are going to want to throw the ball all that much. I think they're mm-hmm. going to try to run the ball as much as they possibly can, especially with also Brees Hall showing his, his kind of disgust. With, they asked why they lose the game. He says, because <laughs> I only had four touches. It's like, yeah. don't piss that guy off, man. Yeah, hopefully we get yeah, like get a squeaky wheel game from from Brees Hall, and that yeah. that increases yeah the opportunity for for Duggar because yeah, man, it, it has it's it's been disappointing for sure. And but I, I think I think he's potentially going to get there. I I still have him as like safety thirteen yeah. um, this week, so he's right in that that startable range for me, um, even in one safety league. So. It's just it's just a matter of it coming together. It's only two weeks, so I'm not like panicking or anything like that. But the usage, even similar to like Cameron Bynum as well, even more favorable than what Cameron Bynum has had. So it's just uh, it's just hopefully kind of comes together for him. I'm still holding him and, and hoping for the best there. But I understand the frustration from people who uh, spent higher draft picks on him. Yeah, you know who I have been actually slightly impressed with is Miles Bryant. I know he's mm. only seen like 75 percent of the snaps, but he's played well. Yeah. 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 He's been nice. Look, the Patriots, they got a lot of injuries at corner too. I think Jonathan Jones will be back um, this week. It sounds like, so I don't know how much Bryant will kind of work in there because they also got the rookie Christian Gonzalez, who's been awesome. He's been awesome. Um, Yeah. So I I hope he stays in an every down role. I know Belichick likes to kind of rip that rug out from under us with Johnny. And I talked about that last week as well. And we talked about uh, Christian Gonzalez and liking him. And luckily it worked out for that week, but we'll see if, if they can keep it going here. um, I feel like it's impossible to take that role from him. He's just been so good. Yeah. He's been amazing. Um, yeah, he's actually yeah he's another one of the top five. I think he's third uh, highest defensive grade uh, for for rookies so far this season too. So, like what we see there from Christian Gonzalez, um, the Jets not super interesting. We know C.J. Mosley, we know Quincy Williams, we know that defensive line uh, is is strong, but there's not a lot of strong options for IDP other than Quinn and Williams um, at safety. The only thing I think that stood out to me. Was Tony Adams is questionable. He left last game with uh, 
a hamstring injury, I believe it was. So he could potentially miss this week. So if he does, Adrian Amos um, would be his immediate replacement and for deeper leagues if people do need another option there. But anything else with the Jets that's worth talking about? No, I, I mean, their usage of their their edge rushers is kind of puzzling. Mm-hmm. So Carl Lawson sits week one, and then uh, Will McDonald sits week two. That's right. Yeah, yeah. They're oh, scratch. I know they they got a lot of guys there, man. It's been yeah. it's that's why it's been basically Jermaine Johnson, really yeah, the only trustworthy Johnson. one, right? So, yeah. yeah, I think Johnson was at seventy. He's been about seventy percent um, the the past two weeks, but Franklin Carl Lawson, Myers yeah, the healthy the, scratch. What's that? Frank, uh, John Franklin Myers. Franklin Myers is another. Yeah, I think he's questionable this week too. So maybe if he misses, it'll be a reason to get the other two guys involved yeah. a little bit. But it's just odd. Yeah, yeah, it's what happens when you spend, you know, back to back first round picks on edge rushers, and then you got guys like Carl Lawson in there and Bryce Huff, who's been solid as well. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm pretty much just trusting Jermaine Johnson and and obviously Quinted Williams as well, um, until we see otherwise for sure. All right, uh, Houston Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Joey, which team you want to start with here and uh, where? Uh, I'm going to start with Houston, and uh, I want to go with their little linebacker battle. Henry mm. to O2O. Mm-hmm. Is, is that it? 2020? To O2O? Yeah, yeah. That's close enough. <laughs> uh, him, and, him versus Christian Harris. I mean, Christian Harris has honestly, he hasn't been good this year at all. No. I mean, he's graded out incredibly poorly. Uh, to he hasn't really done that much better, but he's been better in coverage. And Christian Harris has been abysmal in coverage mm-hmm. this year. So the fact that he lost time last week, it's actually quite concerning for me. I mean, they don't really have too much draft capital tied up in either one of them. And being D'Amico Ryans, he's just going to pick his his guys. He, I mean, he didn't draft Christian Harris, so he drafted Tuoto. And I think that's kind of the writing on the wall. Hey, Harris, if you don't get it together, I already have this guy who showed me that he can play a little bit this week and – I think he played what forty six snaps to Harris's twenty two last week, something like that. Very close to that. So yeah. that worries me a lot for everybody who is beating the drum on Christian Harris being like a cornerstone of this defense. I don't think he is. He's not D'Amico Ryan's pick. You got to remember that. D'Amico Ryan's yeah. is being a defensive guy, being a former linebacker. He's looking for his guys. Yeah, and that's exactly what we saw in week two, right? He put his guys out there. Denzel Perriman, who we, we talked about last week as, as a potential uh, top linebacker play mm-hmm. each week now, playing 100% of snaps. But yeah, Christian Harris, he was our lowest graded linebacker in 2022, and it was his rookie year, so you kind of forgive him a little bit, but that's that's really kind of <laughs> poor uh, to, to be the yeah. bottom of the bunch, right? So um, to, to put it kindly, but yeah, again, he was... I guess just on a short leash this this uh, this season, and it was quickly yanked away from him. They quickly went to Henry To'o To'o, um, another Alabama linebacker there. So I'm fine dropping Christian Harris in, mm-hmm. in redraft leagues. Absolutely. I mean, you just it's just not nearly enough snaps there at whatever it was, thirty percent. Henry To'o at at eighty percent. Even if Harris gets up to like fifty percent, you still it's just not enough. There's way yeah. too many linebackers out there, and Harris is not nearly efficient enough to be the guy that you want to put in there, even in deeper leagues. So go get Henry To'o off the uh, waiver wire, and you can definitely dump Christian Harris if you have yeah. not already. Um, anything else from Houston? Because 
I mean, Will Anderson, couple up and down weeks, a really good week one, not so great week two, but this this is to be expected for a rookie. I still trust yeah. the talent there and the volume. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's that week one performance is like, all right. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's that guy. He's going to have his ups and downs, but yeah, he's that guy. Yeah, no, he's, he's awesome. And, and yeah, I'm not concerned about him and it's a, you know, it's not the, the greatest of matchups against the Jaguars, but uh, right. it's not, you know, anything scary either. So still like Will Anderson, um, Jalen Petre potentially returning this week that that Houston safety group has kind of been a mess as there've been right. a lot of injuries. Jimmy Ward hasn't played yet this year. He could potentially come back. Jalen Petrie uh, obviously missed time in uh, week one, but also completely missed week two. So we've had to deal with MJ Stewart and Eric Murray, but Eric Murray also got banged up. So just pay attention to the the waiver wire or the uh, the practice reports there um, leading into this week because yeah the the Houston Texans safeties hopefully we just get Petrie and uh, uh, what's his face Jimmy Ward back Jimmy Ward, and man. and we don't yeah have to worry about it otherwise um, Eric Murray if he's healthy he'll be safety three in the rotation if he's not healthy MJ Stewart would be safety four uh, we probably don't want to you know venture too far from that at this point no. there's got to be another safety that Very you can pick close. up off the waiver wire. Um, all right, that that's the Texans pretty much. I oh, and I do like their corner too, Tavier Thomas. I, I know he hasn't been like a full time player, but he's playing the slot there. Been super efficient as a tackler. Um, he's yeah, primary slot. I think he is questionable coming into this week, so something yeah, to keep an eye on. Finger. But is a broken finger? I think it was a broken finger. Okay, so is he is he out or is he just? No, it's it's just questionable. I think it, I don't think it's okay. anything that's really going to prevent him from. Okay. suiting up but it, they have the questionable tag with a broken finger so okay okay but yeah well, like it it's too. a broken finger <laughs> yeah I mean, not yeah. ideal but it's, no, it's you, you could play through but, that right well i wouldn't but <laughs> <laughs> well tavier thomas we're hoping is built different um, yeah because, yeah because i've loved what he's given us as as oh, yeah. uh, idp so far 18.1 percent tackle efficiency which ranks first among all defensive backs who have played at least 25 percent of the snaps so far this year so if he gets out there uh, i think you fire him up and, and start him mm-hmm. um and then on the jaguar side Josh Allen, he did leave last week's game uh, with a shoulder injury. So he was kind of in and out there, played 57% after that three-sack game in week one. I don't know what his status is going to be closer to the game time, if he'll be a game time decision or anything like that. But I believe he's still questionable at the moment. But um, if he's playing, I, I still like him as a, as like an edge one uh, in that range. So, Oh, definitely. I think... So you have Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, even a guy like, I hate to say it, but uh, Caleb on chase on, I know he's not really playing many snaps. He's only playing like 20 snaps a game, but he still came away with a sack last week and Mm -hmm. going up against the Texans. I mean, they've given up 11 sacks in the season already. So it's almost like if you need somebody, if like your, your defensive line's been just hammered and you just want to throw a dart throw out there and cross your fingers, try to get a sack chase on might be somebody you throw in for a week. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So we're getting deep, Joey. That is a deep one because we, we've talked about Jason before. Oh, no, we, yeah, we don't like yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I actually, he's my sleeper this week in my streaming article. And he's not wow. playing high volume, but especially right. if, if Josh Allen can't go against yeah. the Texans offensive line that's just given up 11 sacks in two games, 
it might be worth a dart throw. I mean, I'm, don't start them over anybody you normally would, but if you need right. to start somebody, if you need to just find somebody and just say, go for it, you can't really find a much better matchup. Wow. Okay. So there you go. And yeah, man, I look, the Texans have been like, I think the most pass heavy team in the league yeah. as well. So it's, there's opportunity there. I believe Laramie Tunsil is back this week, if I'm not mistaken. So that could help Houston's cases there at left tackle, but yeah, they're, they're passing a ton, right? So that that's the main thing. We want that opportunity to rush the passer and get those sacks. So if Josh Allen is out, there's potential there, like you said. Yeah. Um, so I like it. Um, all right, let's talk about their linebackers. Uh, you know what? We don't have to talk about their linebackers. We know what they're, it's been. Look, it's Foye Luakon. It's still an elite uh, IDP, but Devin Lloyd has actually um, played an every down role, which has been nice to see. We talked about him last week. I know he wasn't efficient in week one, but got back to it in week two. Again, just following the snaps, the production will come. So i uh, like to see that for Devin Lloyd. But anything else for Jacksonville? Um, I mean, there's there's Rayshon Jenkins at safety, mm-hmm. but I don't. There's nothing I'm really overly excited about. Right. Not gonna lie to you. Yeah, Jenkins <laughs> has been solid. It's, yeah. but yeah, like people were I think concerned after week one because Andre Cisco had the bigger week. Jenkins was right. quiet, so they thought maybe the roles had switched. But nope, yeah. Jenkins still been the box guy. He, yeah. he, he came back uh, to to life here in week two. So like to see that for him going forward. Um, I think I have him at safety 14. So I still like Rayshon Jenkins quite a bit. Yep. All right. Atlanta Falcons and the Detroit Lions. Uh, Troy Anderson, he was listed as questionable linebacker for the Falcons with a concussion, but uh, he should be back this week. I think I saw that questionable tag taken away. He looks like he's back in practice. Nice. So we do not have to start uh, Nate Landman at uh, at linebacker in those deeper leagues because Nate Landman on 98% <laughs> of snaps, just an 8.2% tackle efficiency um, in week two. So we don't love that uh, for linebacker position uh we also don't love the falcons defensive line especially against the lions offensive line which ranks number three in pass blocking grade this year um so really atlanta is not that interesting of a team i I don't think we kind of know what we're doing here with the falcons idps um so maybe the lions are are, are a little bit more interesting what do you think yeah uh aiden hutchinson he's been he's been there he hasn't hit home not like nick bosa yep what tied for the lead and pressures with TJ Watt. TJ Watt unfortunately has what like four sacks to Hutchinson zero, but it's nice to see Hutchinson getting more pressures this year because last year he was his finish rate was really well. He, he his pressure rate was actually quite low in comparison to how many sacks he actually had. So to see him upping his pressure rate is actually quite nice to see. Yeah, I still like Hutchinson quite a bit. Um like you said, tied for the league lead in, in pressures, but 94% of snaps is is crazy. Yeah, that's that's, that's an huge. insanely high rate. So trust me, he's going to get sacks this year. It's, it's, it's inevitable with that snap share and that talent. Yeah. So yeah, not concerned about Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I am concerned about this Lions linebacker core. That's frustrating um, every year. Yeah, man. It's the Alex Anzalone show for whatever reason, what kind of blackmail he has on the Lions organization to consistently play as their top linebacker look at the tackle efficiency from last week so he played 90 percent of snaps 4.7 percent tackle efficiency for alex anzalone while Derek barnes 21 legitimately thor or something right like yeah yeah. it's it's mind-blowing to me yeah yeah he's knockoff thor he's the the made for tv movie thor um and then Derek barnes 
I know Derek Barnes is another one. It's, yeah, it. I don't under. It's even with. It's the same thing on offense, right? Jameer Gibbs, first round pick. You spent right. on this guy, and you're not really going to play him to his full. And you're uh, going to see David uh, Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, David Montgomery. And now David Montgomery's hurt. So, no, we're not going to give uh, Jameer Gibbs a full-time role. We'll probably put Craig Reynolds in there, but oh. that's a that's a whole other thing. But, yeah, Jack Campbell, 32% of snaps this week. So it was less than than week one, despite showing out and really well in week well. one. Yeah. He even yeah. played well in week two. Yep, yep. So this is, uh, this is frustrating, obviously. We just kind of have to avoid the Lions linebackers for the most part, we could plug Anzalone into lineups just because of the volume, but we're not going to be happy about it. Um, And I have him as like, I think I'll be 39. Um, So yeah, it's always frustrating. And and they signed him to an extension too. So he's got like three years. (laughs) It's just going to be, it's going to, it's never going to end, man. We're stuck in hell. It's so frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah, and then the other piece of news in Detroit is uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson or CJ Gardner-Johnson or CD Deuce, whatever his name uh, is this year, um, has been placed on IR with a, I think it's a torn pec, um, if yeah. I remember correctly. So he's done for the year. Um, so it does seem like Tracy Walker, who people were wondering what happened to Tracy Walker. Well, you don't have to wonder anymore. It seems like he'll get back into a starting role as a result of injury, unfortunately, but at least we know we can potentially grab Tracy Walker off the waiver wire. We'll see if Brian Branch maybe works in a, a little bit more of a, a bigger workload as well. But it seems like Tracy Walker will be the next man up there. Yeah, I, I was hoping for Brian Branch a little bit, but I don't see. I don't think they will. He's actually playing really well in the role they have him yeah. for playing in the slot. Yeah, he had that nice pick six in week one mm-hmm. that everybody got to see in the in the the the, the league opener. So. Um, hopefully he gets out there a little bit more, but yeah, just playing that kind of nickel role right now. So it's a little bit different than what Gardner Johnson was doing. So that's why I think, I think it'll be Tracy Walker, but we'll see, um, this week, how that, uh, how that works out. Let's go to, uh, Indianapolis and Baltimore. Um, Joey, a couple interesting things in this one. So, so where do you want to start with, uh, the Colts and the Ravens? Uh, I want to start with Jack Leonard and EJ Speed. Mm-hmm. Like Leonard, all right, so he's healthy, but I don't know, is, is he playing timid? I mean, he's still seeing a, a pretty decent snap share. Right? I think it's somewhere around 75, 80%. Yep. But EJ Speed is just outproducing him. Yeah, this is this was a really I think concerning game for a lot of people in week two because week one it was understandable that he didn't have like a full time workload Leonard um, because he was coming off the back injury stuff and you know there was concern there but played even less in week two but specifically played less on third and fourth down uh, he mm-hmm. played twenty five percent of those snaps. EJ speed played 83% of those third and fourth down snaps. So I think, I don't think this is a case so much of like EJ speed overtaking Shaq Leonard, as far as overall snaps go, as much as it is a potential role change, but for this Colts linebacker group, right? Where Leonard is more of the early down guy and EJ speed, more of the passing down guy. So I don't think speed will become like lb2 there as far as snap share goes um but it is concerning for leonard because that's not an every down role right and that's mostly what we want for linebackers so that part of it does worry me um ej speed i I think is going to be on a lot of people's 
waiver wire columns this week, which is fine. I think you, you pick him up just in case that he does right. overtake Leonard, I, which again, I, I don't think is injury history. Yeah. That, yeah. The injury history is the other part of it too, right? If he gets hurt. So I, I, I don't think you're starting him though. I think you no. still start Leonard if you have the choice between the two. Right. But I mean, you kind of yeah. have to, it's Leonard's potential is so huge. You just, you, you pray he can get back to health. You, you pray you can, he can get back to that player. Cause he was so good for, I mean, unfortunately that short period of time, but yeah, it was, it was just literally, he was like the top IDP, IDP yeah. player for like two and a half years. Yep. And then it's just injuries. It's, ah, it's so, yeah. so tough to watch. Yeah, man, the injuries are are absolutely a killer. But yeah, I don't think it's like kind of like the death of Shaq Leonard just yet. I just think it's a reduced role for now, and and we'll see what happens kind of going forward. And maybe it is because of the, they're they're concerned about the back injury stuff. But I think noticing that specific usage for him coming off on third and fourth down for EJ Speed was more telling than potentially Speed kind of taking over his his snap share at some point. Right. So, um. Other things in in Indianapolis going on. I mean, Julian Blackman, again, yeah. playing that strong safety role in Gus Bradley's defense has been really nice. Uh, you know, he didn't have the big game in week one, but 10 tackles in week two. Yeah. We obviously love the uh, the deployment for him. 46% of his snaps in the box. So you love to see that um, high-end deployment leads to high-end fantasy production. So great stuff there for Julian Blackman. I think he's a top 10 safety for me. Yeah, safety 10 um, is where I have Julian Blackman this nice. uh, this week as well against the Ravens, um, who are still a run-heavy team, and that should feed uh, the box for, for Blackman. So yeah. like that. But anything else for the Colts that you'd want to talk about? Uh, love Quiddy Pie. He's really oh, yeah. showing his potential. He's been playing phenomenal this year so far. Um, other than that, I, I, I kind of want to move over to the Ravens, like Kyle yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, let's yeah let talk to me about Kyle Hamilton because I know I'm disappointed. This is very similar to the other yeah. Kyle, Kyle Duggar. Um, yeah. Kind of disappointing start, right? Yeah, I mean, I've I've been in this mindset that Patrick Queen's going to disappear sometime soon, right? They they drafted <laughs> Trenton Simpson. They declined his fifth year option. I mean, he hasn't been great. He played better last year, but he's still there and he's still playing way too much. And it's uh, his and he's producing he's and it's taking away from Kyle Hamilton I always thought that Kyle Hamilton was going to move up in the box and he was going to play more of like a box almost a linebacker role I think I figured they were just going to go Roquan Smith and then just run mostly Roquan and just have a a rotation linebacker around that 50 60 70 percent instead of having Patrick Queen run what's he running like 80 85 percent I think yeah, I think he's been pretty much every down. Is um, it really? He's been, yeah, he's been like up ninety five percent. Yeah, that's what I think actually it's a ninety three percent. That's and that's yeah. just insane to me, and it's killing Kyle Hamilton's production, and it really hurts my heart. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with you. This is this week. I think I'm still rolling with him as like a top ten play, um, but this is like a strike three type chance for me here, and. Part of me does wonder, like with Marcus Williams being out, I wonder if that kind of affected the usage a little bit where they've had to play Hamilton deep a little bit more because Williams isn't there to do it and they don't maybe trust Geno Stone as much. I I don't know. It's just me like like, kind of Geno Stone come in and what he had eight tackles, 10 tackles. Geno Stone. Why? I know. And even, yeah, even not even getting like the blitz opportunities either from Hamilton, right? So 1.7% blitz rate, um, same as Geno Stone. So they're just not utilizing the way that we kind of hoped. So right. 
I, I'm still hopeful. I think we'll get to that point of eventually, but yeah, it's it's been uh it's definitely been a slow start, not not what I was kind of hoping for for Hamilton no, or Kyle I, Duggar. So it's been the a, Kyles are disappointing us. We've seen some real talented players just kind of I mean, it's not that they're playing bad, it's just for IDP you expected yeah. a little more. So it's kinda hard. Yeah. Kind of that's that's the, the week two was just been kind of like for me. Yeah. I did not have a good week <laughs> last week. Yeah, no, I've I had a couple of frustrating league uh, outcomes that week two as well. I remember just being pissed at at one point on <laughs> on Monday, just like cursing um, TJ Watt and and Alex Highsmith oh, returning man. touchdowns. I went, in, I went into Monday night with such a lead in one game, and the person I was playing had Highsmith <laughs> and TJ Watt, and I ended up losing. I was like, Yeah, yeah, that'll do it, man. That that'll break you in week two yep. for sure. <laughs> yep. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, let's go on to uh, Denver and Miami. So Denver, Miami, not, you know, Denver specifically. I, I, I guess I want to start with, um, let me see. Uh, let's start with, let's start with the linebackers. Uh, people love their linebackers. So um, Alex Singleton, last week, I'm on here pumping his tires last week, gassing him up talking about how he could potentially lead the league in tackles if he's playing 90% of snaps. He heard this. He he got stage fright, immediately dropped down to 64% of snaps and put up three total tackles, uh, which was a huge bummer because he was one of the frustrating IDPs for me that I was putting into flex spots a lot last week and um, absolutely sunk my roster by you know, a few times. But look, I, I mean, one of the things with this Denver defense in, in week one, when Singleton played 90% of the snaps Broncos, they spent the fewest amount of snaps in nickel personnel in week one, in the entire league in week one. So that was, I think it was just 34%. And then that shot up to 74% in week two, which cut Singleton out. I think they, they had the extra DB and the extra pass rusher out there. Um, instead so it just cut his snaps down significantly so I do think this is something to kind of watch for going forward because we've never really pictured Singleton as an every down player anyways Um, so it was I guess surprising that he was at 90% and that should have been like you know more uh, uh, more I guess I should have picked up on that a little bit more knowing that that was a potential outlier more than anything so I think there could still be weeks where he plays 90% but then I think there's going to be plenty of weeks where he's down around 70 or, or 65%. Yeah. I actually, uh, before the season started, I wrote Singleton as a sell high. I mean, he had, he was yeah. super efficient last year, like one of the most efficient tackling oh, yeah. linebackers in the league. And that's just not who he is. I mean, he's, he's an efficient linebacker, right? But mm-hmm. when he was in Philly, he was not efficient by any means. His last season, it you saw it, creep up a little bit but he was not a great tackler by any means i mean the 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 numbers were there but he he just didn't grade well so he he hasn't really played great and then he had this that year with denver and it was phenomenal so i was like he's what 31 years old gonna be 32 he had one really really good year two mediocre years and i'm just not sold on him so i'm saying sell him as high as you can and then, especially going into this week, I don't even know if I can start him as any more than a flex because they're going against Miami. So they're going to be a nickel a lot more. 
Yeah, yeah. I think I put him down to LB thirty-one this week. Yeah. So I've I've moved him down. I'm not I'm not starting him in, in most leagues this week. I think there's yeah. better options out there, and you just kind of have to be cautious of that situation because even on seventy percent, we've seen him be uh, efficient. But mm-hmm. this kind of being a, a bit of a, a a rude awakening, I guess, at that the, the three tackles on sixty-five percent yeah. of snaps. So um, just something to kind of be aware of there. Anything else in Denver? I, I do like. Um, Damari Mathis, uh, their corner there uh, going right. against Miami. He's playing opposite Patrick Sertan as well. So he's been somebody that's been getting a lot more targets. You look at last week specifically, nine targets to Damari Mathis, only two for Patrick Sertan. Um, and then the, playing against the Dolphins, pass heavy offense, oh, an opportunity for him to be a strong IDP. Yeah, definitely. That offense is just unreal. Jay, I mean, Jalen Waddle and, and Tyreek Hill, it's, it's hard not yeah. to love it. So if you have. If you want to play corners, play corners against Miami. Oh, yeah. Yeah, hopefully Jalen Watto plays too because he's still dealing with the uh, the concussion. Shout out Marte Mapu. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, Denver, anything other than that? Jonathan Cooper was the, the oh, yeah. edge rusher. Yeah, he led the team in snaps and put up two sacks last week because, you know. That. Yeah, no, why not, right? <laughs> so. Uh, Frank Clark, yeah, is out. Um, or I don't know if he's out this week, but he was out in week two. Um, mm-hmm. and I think he's questionable for this week. So that that helped Cooper see a larger snap share. But somebody I, I think to kind of keep an eye on because he had a strong pass rush grade too, 84.4 in week two. So um nice usage there for him and potential strong pass rush metrics going forward. Uh obviously Randy Gregory there as well. So um hopefully Frank Clark. Uh, I don't love Frank Clark, so hopefully he just stays as like at edge three at best over there in Denver. Oh man, I saw Frank Clark sign with Denver, and I was like, "Come on, really? Yeah, <laughs> it's just you're just gonna clog that that line so bad. They already have a plethora of of edge rushers. It's like, don't send Frank Clark there." Yeah, yeah, and and if you look at the usage, <laughs> the usage last week too, like seventy one percent of snaps for Cooper, sixty four percent for Randy Gregory, and sixty one percent for Nick Benito. So they talked about the extra pass rusher that they put yeah. on there in place of Singleton as well, right? So, yeah. um, we'll see if that kind of continues there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, speaking of Miami, um, anything? Where, where do you want to start with the with the Dolphins here? Because they're they're another interesting team for IDP. Van Ginkle. Yes, man. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been like, with. I've written off Van Ginkle for years now, but I mean, when they go to nickel, he's their guy. I mean, David Long comes off the field pretty much. I know David Long had a, a much higher snap share this week, but mm-hmm. week one, it, since they played a lot of nickel, it was Van Ginkle over David Long. David Long only played what twenty two percent of snaps in week one. Yep, it was unreal. Yeah, yeah. So this was the I think. We could call this like the Jalen Phillips ripple effect, right? Where Jalen Phillips was out on Sunday Night Football. So Van Ginkle moved to the edge after playing off ball in week one, which cut down David Long's snaps, right? So he played almost exclusively on the edge, filled in for uh, Jalen Phillips, which then allowed David Long to play more off ball linebacker. So he played 84% of the snaps this past week. Um, So I do... I'm like speculatively adding David Long at the mm-hmm. potential for Jalen Phillips to be out again. I don't know if he will be, but if Jalen Phillips plays, there's pretty much no chance that I'm starting David Long just because I think 
That means that Phillips and Chubb will be the edge rushers. Van Ginkle will be that part-time off-ball linebacker next to Jerome Baker in the full-time role, right. um, which just makes David Long the odd man out there. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a weird situation, but there's Andrew Van Ginkle to throw a wrench into things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other thing, the other thing with uh, with the the Dolphins is Javon Holland. I think we got to talk about Javon Holland at least quickly here. Yeah. Um, he's my safety four this week, and yeah, he's been great. Yeah, high end usage equals high end fantasy points, and thirty seven percent of his snaps came in the box last week after splitting those duties a little bit in week one with Deshaun Elliott. But um, Deshaun Elliott just five percent in the box in week two. We're at 37% for Javon Holland. So ended up leading the team in tackles as a result. So I, I really like Javon Holland there. If he continues to play that role, um, yeah. that'll be Do the big thing. Do you think it changes but, at all with uh, Jones coming back? Yeah, Brandon Jones, I, I don't know. It doesn't seem like they're going to work him in for any yeah. kind of major role at, in any kind of way. I think, did he... He didn't play last week. He was on the sideline. I did see him. I, I don't know if he played special teams. He played a little bit in week one. It just feels like Javon yeah. Holland, Deshaun Elliott, like those guys fit the Vic Fangio scheme right. a little bit better, right? We talked about this um, yeah, on the Big Jones Nickel podcast. And they don't blitz. He, yeah. he thrives as a blitzing safety, and Fangio just doesn't blitz at all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, you look at the blitz rate for their DB, zero, zero, zero for, mm-hmm. uh, across the board, right? right? So, yeah, it's just I think I think Jones is just kind of the odd man out there in that defensive system. Yeah. So I, I don't have faith in him. I would definitely not be holding him. Uh, even in Dynasty, I've had to move on from him. Yeah, I, I had such high hopes for him last year just yeah. because of his usage. But Yeah, me too. He, he, yeah, super effective IDP when he's out there, but just hasn't yeah. got a chance to be out there. Right. Um, all right. Before we go into the rest of the games, I do want to give another shout out to one of our sponsors. And that is our friends at DraftKings. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody's missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 3 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PFF to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook. With code PFF, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. Uh, on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario, cdkng.co slash football for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus best expire seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Okay, uh, let's go to the Tennessee Titans at the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Joey, kick us off here. Wherever you want to start, which IDPs do you want to talk about in Tennessee or Cleveland? Grant Delpit is possibly my favorite safety this year so far. Oh, yeah. I love his usage. He's... He's he's actually phenomenal in every facet of the game. He's good in coverage, but his his box usage is fantastic. 49% in the box this year, 61% in week two. And he's an efficient tackler. He's good in coverage. He just doesn't – I just love Grant Delpit, especially with that linebacker group. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. The linebacker group is a complete mess, and right. Delpit has luckily stepped up for us because, like you said, 61% of the box last week was amazing. He's He's got 14 tackles and a pick so far on the year. I have him as my safety three going into this week. Um, love Grant Delpit. I talked him up quite a bit this offseason um, in that Jim Schwartz defense as kind of that box guy. Um, standing in there uh, for the Browns, and and he's definitely lived up to that so far. Hopefully, can keep it going um, because yeah, it's another nice matchup against the Titans, right? Another kind of run heavy offense, short A dot type team there with Tannehill and company. So, yeah. um, I like the matchup, uh, and I am going with Grant Delpit as safety three again this week. I love it. Yeah, and and you mentioned the mess at linebacker um, for the Browns. It, it's just it, even with a new defensive coordinator coming in, we thought maybe there'd be some more stability in this group. Two weeks in, and I have lost all faith that that is going to happen because JOK led the group in Week One. Anthony Walker leads the group in Week Two. This is exactly the type of pattern that we used to see uh, in 2022 under Joe Woods, and it's kind of continued here. So. Anthony Walker, 74%. Jeremiah Wusukoromo, 61%. Sioni Takitaki, 57%. None of them posting more than five tackles. Uh, none of them trustworthy in IDP. Are, are you? Is there a world where you're starting any of these guys? No, I can't. The, the, when the, the highest linebacker is 74%, it's like, no, yeah. not doing it. Just can't yeah. do it. It's gross, right? And and this is one of the more man-heavy defenses Ooh. in the league too. So, I just I, I just can't. I, I'm just avoiding this group if I can, and, and trying to go elsewhere wherever I can on the waiver wire. Honestly, the fact that it's happened with multiple coordinators, it leads <laughs> you to believe it's like, all right, maybe they're just not that good. Maybe like it's not the coordinator usage. Maybe they're like, all right, well, this guy can't do this, and this guy can't do this, and this guy can't do this. So we're just gonna kind of float them around it could be right it could be like a stefanski thing maybe that's his preference that he he wants these guys kind of rotated and and playing Uh situationally i don't know what the exact plan is it's hard to kind of pick up on a pattern for them if anybody knows what the exact pattern is between these browns linebackers and has unlocked the code um please let me know because i have yet to figure (laughs) it out yet I can't even watch him and just watch the Grant Delpit and the edge defenders. Yeah, yeah, man, for sure. <laughs> yeah, and it's yeah. Speaking of the edge defenders, too, Miles Garrett obviously locked in starter every week. Zadarius Smith off to a very quiet start um, mm-hmm. so far this year. He was another one of those frustrating IDPs for me in week two, but yeah. um, I have him as edge twenty two this week. So I'm still trusting him. It's it's a decent matchup against Tennessee, um, but again, they you know. Decent usage, 67% last week. He did leave the game for a little bit, so that would typically be a little bit higher. Um, but 71 per, a 71 pass rush grade, 23% win rate. He's you know doing all the things that we've liked to see from Zadarius Smith, even from last year, but the pressure rate wasn't really there last week and just didn't really do anything else other than I think maybe one assisted tackle. So yeah. I think I roll with him maybe another week, and, and maybe if nothing happens, he might just be more of kind of a, matchup based streamer for me going forward yeah yeah i agree it's, it's been kind of frustrating last week was and, and he's not that old right he's still what 28 29 years old maybe he, he can't be catching he might be father time right now no he's still good yeah he like feels like he might be older but i don't know i know i just feel like he was gonna have he was like that perfect fit 
for that Browns defense. Like they finally found somebody who can play across from Miles Garrett and be like super productive. And it's just yeah, he looks like clowny out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I said it a few times this offseason. I thought that Zadarius Smith could be and, and Miles Garrett could be the first time that we get double digit sack players on the Browns, I think in forever. But right. um he's 31 years old. So Okay. I guess he is, you know, getting up there. Um, but still good. I he was really good last year. He was one of right. the pressure leaders in the league last year and, and had one of the higher pass rush grades. So there's potential there that he could kind of bounce still back still early. Yeah. Um, as far as the Titans go, we know you know the linebackers for the most part, as he's all she is the LB one there, and, and Jack Gibbons playing in more of like a part-time role. It's a dime heavy defense. Um, but anything else you want to talk about for for Tennessee? Uh, I like Harold Landry against the Browns. The Browns mm. have given up eight sacks in the year. Um, they know Nick Chubb, so they might have more of a pass-heavy offense this week coming up. Um, I love Amani Hooker when he plays, but he's yeah, he has the injury bug himself. And mm. I actually really like Elijah Molden. I like Elijah Molden coming out of college. He's I feel like he's not as athletic as a lot of uh, defensive backs, but he's technically sound. He's he's a very heady player. He's just he's just a very smart player and he's a very good tackler. So either one of them play, I like whoever's gonna play. You know, if, if Hooker's out and Molden steps into his role, I like Molden. If Hooker's gonna play, I like Hooker. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. It's it's a it's a decent role for for production there, and I, I'm I'm with you on Molden too. I liked him quite a bit coming out of college, and thought he'd be like a really nice nickel corner there. And he got a few chances, but just again, I think injuries with him couldn't stay healthy. And now looks like he's playing more of a safety role, um, filling in for Amani Hooker. So just another one to kind of keep an eye on. If Amani Hooker can't go, uh, you may want to look at Elijah Molden, who played 34 percent in in uh, in the box in week two. And he plays, he's listed at cornerback in a lot of leagues. Right. That's true too. Yeah. So that makes it even nicer. Um, nice little cheat code there. If you can get Elijah Molden, uh, if Amani Hooker misses any more time. Uh, all right. Let's go to the Buffalo Bills and the Washington Commanders. Um, this one, I think both defenses, I mean, the Bills defense has always been kind of bland. We know exactly what they are. Now that we figured out who the LB2 is there, uh, in Buffalo, it, it's not much of a mystery to kind of figure out with what's going on with this defense. Matt Milano, right. Bernard have been the guys. And it says, you know, they play 85% of snaps last week and not that full-time role. But it was only because there was garbage time at the end of the game um, that they were beating up on on uh, the Raiders, I believe it was. So right. um, they, they just didn't finish the game. But these guys were every down players. Nothing yeah. to be concerned about there. Um, and I think they only played like, 40 team snaps on defense um yeah. last week so it was the lowest of of uh of the week but other than that i mean buffalo micah hyde is questionable so that's another one potentially taylor rap would be the next man up there if, if uh, micah hyde can't go so something to keep an eye out but washington may be a little bit more interesting because chase young is back how do, how do you feel about chase young's uh season debut uh last week it's so good to see yeah I was actually, uh, I was on a pod last week and I was talking about how I just want to see Chase Young healthy. I want to see, yeah. we need to see a healthy Chase Young. Like you just have to see it. Healthy Chase Young makes that defensive line in Washington so good. 
It it really does. It it completes the 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 front four there that they have, right? And Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, and then when Chase Young is healthy, it is oh one God. of the best front fours in the entire league, if not yeah. the best, right? Like if Chase Young can come back and if he can, re- like we saw his potential as a rookie, he just hasn't hit it since. Yeah. If he can come back into that, even that form, that makes that that line just such a formidable line. I just I love to see him look good last week. Like he he looked healthy. It was so good to see. Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was really happy to see that because he he did. He posted some strong numbers too on seventy one percent of the snaps, eighty four point six pass rush grade, twenty six point seven percent win rate, twenty three point three percent pressure rate. Uh, he looked like the Chase Young that we've been wanting to see the past few years. Just hasn't been able to stay healthy. So not the easiest matchup against the Bills this week. So we'll see how things go there. But it's a good test, and it's at least you know he's finally healthy and and hopefully stays that way for the rest of the year because um man i a lot of people counting him out i wasn't ready to do it just yet i wanted to hopefully see one one right. year at least this year see him healthy so right. uh, that's been that's been good to see so far um other things with uh with the commanders cameron curl uh, has Love been him. another one of those guys we Love talked him. about grant delpit this is another one of those box heavy guys where the, the high end usage again, equaling high end fantasy production, 19 tackles so far. Mm-hmm. I think I have him as safety two this week, 45% of the box, 23% of the slot. He basically acts as that second linebacker. A lot of the time for the they commanders, they really need it, man. I don't know what the hell is going on with <laughs> Jamin Davis. I don't know why. Oh man. Yeah, it. I was actually, so I actually had like slight high hopes for him this year. I mean, his his so missed rate dropped to what four point six percent last year. Yep. So I'm like, all right, so th- th- this is going to be his role. Now I don't want to touch either him or Barton. <laughs> yeah, Davis. Look, I I I tagged him as a, a breakout candidate for this oh. year because he when he stepped in for Cole Holcomb last year, all the grades increased, the tackle efficiency increased. He just looked like such a much better player. He has the first round draft capital invested in him, and then Cody Barton of all people comes uh. in and takes the LB one role from him. So I'm starting Barton in deeper like. Like three linebacker leagues, but I am not starting Jamin Davis, unfortunately, because Barton playing 100% of snaps, um, <laughs> it's it's crazy. But but Jamin Davis just not going to get it done on 62%. That is just uh, way too low for yeah. uh, most most IDP leagues. No, that's heartbreaking too. It really is. Yeah, Cody yeah. Barton. It's it's crazy. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's go to, yeah, let's move on to the Carolina Panthers uh, and the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, Joey, where do you want to start uh, with Carolina and Seattle? Uh, I want to start with Jeremy Chin. Yeah. I mean, he's playing, he's playing pretty much nickel corner, right? Is that the the role they pegged him with this year? Yeah, they did. Um, Week one, it was, and it was a little bit in week two, but just like nowhere near. Um, even like a 75% role, he played crazy. 35% of snaps. So uh, I just, I don't know. Is it, I feel like he has been a pretty decent player over the past two years. Like what, yeah. what happened? Like Xavier Woods stole his job. Xavier Woods. Yeah. And then they brought in Von Bell, right? Oh, no. in, in free agency. Now, so I guess do you they think he plays a little more linebacker with shock check Thompson being out. Or you think it's just Ruger Hill is just going to step right in. That's a good question. And it seemed like just based on what they did 
in week uh, two because Thompson left the game pretty early, right? Yeah. It was like, yeah, he only played 22% of the snaps and then Grugier Hill came in and literally played every snap right. um, at linebacker Jim after him. You so. didn't see his usage change. So. Yeah, and Chin played more, less snaps than he did even in week one, 35%. So Jeremy Chin, to me, is droppable. I, I'm just not, there's no reason Especially to hold. Redraft. Redraft absolutely like he should not be on any rosters in dynasty, but redraft. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You you just have to. There's way too many safeties, too many defensive backs, whatever kind of league you're playing in, um, that that play more than 35 percent of snaps. There's a ton of them. Um, so this is just not ideal. Jeremy Chin has to go, um, to your to go from your rosters because there are just too many better options out there. But yeah, you mentioned Shaq Thompson um, is on IR. His season is done. So right now it looks like Cam Grugier Hill is the next man up. So that would be the guy to pick up off the waiver wire again, potentially a full-time role there um, at linebacker for the Panthers. And, and we'll see if he can deliver any kind of production out of there. Um, But that would be the guy to target. So yeah. Anything else for Carolina or you want to talk about Seattle? Uh, Let's go to Seattle. I All right, let's do it because I sneakily like Seattle, but also hate him at the same time. <laughs> oh, that's right. You're a 49ers fan. Yeah, I can't oh, yeah. like Seattle. <laughs> no. I love Jordan Brooks, though. Jordan Brooks is a superhero. He's got to be, right? Yeah, this is uh, this is crazy, man. What a start to the year. <laughs> Dude, so going into this offseason, right, doing projections, I originally had him projected for like three or four games. And I'm like, that's still kind of a stretch. Cause I mean, he tore his ACL in what week 17. Yeah. It was like late December, late December week 17. Yeah. He comes in and he plays pretty much in every down rule. The first two weeks, it's like, <laughs> and productive. Yeah. Super productive, right? Like, uh, 21% tackle efficiency last week. Yeah. How do you do it? It's gotta be know. a superhero. He's gotta be. Has to be. You gotta. Yeah, you gotta you trust the superhero him. Jordan Brooks. You gotta love Jordan Brooks. Maybe he's just built from the same mold as Bobby Wagner, because Bobby Wagner's been unbelievable too. So, yeah, man. Yeah, Bobby Wagner's been awesome, and Brooks has been great. And and look, eighty six percent last week. I, I that was up even from week one. So I think potentially he works into uh, that true full time role at some point soon. Even with Devin Bush, if he comes back, because he was out in week two. But I don't think right. Devin Bush is stopping. Jordan Brooks at this point, because man, he just looks so good um, out there, and he's a he's a great it's IDP. So better. it's crazy, yeah, because <laughs> he's more efficient this year than he was last year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, hard not to love Jordan Brooks after what he's already done to start the year. Um, I, I'm moving him up the ranks. I think I have him at LB28, so I'm still kind of holding off to see what that role looks like, yeah. but ready to burst them into the top 15 there maybe top 12 if we see 100 percent of snaps um at at some point soon but yeah the 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 only other thing from seattle really i know chen and wosu slow start for him but i'm not too concerned there he's still playing a ton of snaps but other than that jamal adams potentially is coming back this week do you have any interest left in jamal adams um say for redraft i do but i'm I'm just going to leave him on waivers until I see him actually do something. I'm not going to make him like a priority ad. Right. I think that's, I think that's the right way to approach it. You want to see what his usage look like, looks like coming back because Julian love has been solid filling in for him here Mm -hmm. in Seattle. He's, he's got the decent usage. So 
I don't think Jamal Adams immediately comes back, plays a full-time role, and kicks Julian Love down the depth chart or anything like that. I think Adams will be eased back in, especially dealing with so many injuries over the past couple of years. Uh, I don't know that they want to rush him. So really a wait and see on Jamal Adams. And and if he's active this week, week, which it seems like he will because I think he was a full participant in practice, um, potentially – holding on Julian Love this week. I don't know if I want to start him either just to kind of see what the usage is there and if Love snaps are affected at all. Right. Um, All right. Let's go on to the Chicago Bears at the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, This one, again, we got. I'll just quickly talk about Chicago's injuries at the safety position because Eddie Jackson and Jaquan Brisker both left last game um, with injuries, so they're going to be questionable for this week, and we'll see what happens there. Hopefully, one of them is at least able to play, but um, obviously, Brisker, you know, has been a, a highly drafted safety this season uh, for IDP leagues. But if they can't go. Elijah Hicks and Quindell Johnson are the other two options. So I think it's Elijah Hicks first up on the depth chart and then Quindell Johnson uh, if both of them can't go. So not great options there no. uh, in Chicago. Yeah, I'm staying away from that entire yeah. situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, let's go to the Kansas City Chiefs then and talk about uh, Chris Jones's return. How about that? Yeah. Uh, week two performance for him on just 50 percent of snaps he's just a beast he's so hard to handle in the interior and i I honestly like watching him play i almost feel like and watching aaron aaron donald play it's almost like aaron donald's kind of starting to drift away and it's like chris jones is cementing himself as that premier interior pass rusher He's been amazing. Yeah, his his pass rush ability. I mean, it, he's definitely like kind of un- overshadowed by Aaron Donald just playing in the same era right. as him. But man, he's he's just as good of a pass rusher. He's not as great as as a run defender or anything like that. But ninety one point seven percent pass rush grade in week two, his first game of the year, forty percent win rate, twenty two percent pressure rate, and he only played fifty percent of the snaps. So I'd imagine that we see a larger role for him uh, in week uh, three now that they know that he's fully ready for uh, for for more playing time. Yeah, it's unreal. Ooh, it is unreal, man. Um, yeah, and I, I think he'll have uh, he'll have his way with the uh, Chicago offensive line as well. And and considering Justin Fields' struggles so far this year, it uh, could be trouble against uh, Chris Jones. Right. Yeah, I like uh, I actually like the entire defensive line for the Chiefs in this game. I mean, the Chicago Bears, yeah. their offense has virtually zero identity right now. They really don't, and they've given up ten sacks in the season. And you have Chris Jones, who's a beast. George Carlaitis has been phenomenal to start the season. And even Mike Dana has played well to start the season. He's got two mm-hmm. sacks and five tackles in the first two games. So I like the entire defensive line for the Chiefs this week. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. And and yeah, definitely, yeah, Karloftis and those guys. I would be firing them up as well. Um this one, okay, let's talk about the linebackers in Kansas City because my first reaction when I saw the snap count, when I pulled it um, on Sunday night was, oh, no, not again. Not Steve right. Spagnuolo Spags. doing this to us again. <laughs> because, yeah, Nick Bolton, just 78.8% of snaps uh, after being a full da- full-time every-down player in 2022. That was 
far from the norm for Steve Spagnolo from previous mm-hmm. years because he did not have an every down linebacker. And then that's why this is concerning. Now, there was talk that Nick Bolton was dealing with an injury. So he did come out of the game a little bit. So that is what I'm going with is why this happened um, oh, is that he was dealing with some injury stuff and, and he was coming in and out of the lineup a little bit. But it was throughout the game. Um, that he was coming in and out. So that was the only thing that that I think is worth kind of keeping an eye on. So how do you feel about it? Are you worried at all I mean, about this group? Uh, yeah, I'm 100% worried. So think about it last year. So Bolton played, he was like an every down guy, right? But mm-hmm. their linebacker group was terrible. So you had Willie Gay, who, who hasn't really lived up to any of his hype. And then they had, what was it, Nick Neiman, right? Was it Nick Neiman? Uh, oh, Ben, ben Neiman. Ben yeah, Neiman. Ben Neiman. So, I mean, it wasn't a great group, so you kind of had to have Nick Bolton on all the time. What do they do this offseason? They signed Drew Tranquil to a right. one-year deal. So now you've boosted your depth. So now you've brought in the era of Spags again. So now you have depth at linebacker. Is he going to start rotating again? It's like, just don't do it. But, I, I mean, know. they have the depth now to do it. So does Spags live up to his normal defensive strategy or does Bolton actually separate himself like he did last year? Man, I, I hope so. I hope he, I hope this was just kind of a one-off thing, but there, they, it's just, it's hard not to feel worried, right? Knowing Spagnolo's history, right? Even if there was some injury stuff or heat exhaustion or whatever was going on there um, in, in Florida last week, I think is where they played. Um, yeah. Against Jacksonville. So they were in Florida. So, We'll see. We'll see. I am anxiously awaiting to see the usage uh, here in week three. But Nick Bolton, I, I still have him, I think, as LB5 for this week. I'm, I'm trusting that yep. this was just a one-off thing, but uh, it could burn me for sure. Uh, it's going to break my heart if that happens. Yeah, yeah, it really will. Um, last thing for Kansas City, because this has been the hot topic too. Who do you like, Trent McDuffie or Legereus Sneed uh, at cornerback for, for this group, if you have to pick one? Uh, that's really hard. It is. <laughs> it's really difficult. I think I still want to go Sneed. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, mcduffie has <laughs> been great in the slot. Sneed's, Sneed's play a lot more deep, but I don't know. I want to go Sneed. Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's fair. I think it's still fair to go Sneed, right? I, I, I have them super close. Um, I I'm leaning like literally the slightest of leans uh, to Trent McDuffie only because of the slot usage. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm banking on the usage being more effective than you know banking on a specific player kind of thing. But right. Legereus Need has been productive regardless of alignment. Yeah. So it's hard to go away from him, Right. And they're still finding ways to kind of get him involved as like that blitzer too. And, and, right. and getting him closer to the line of scrimmage. So I really don't think you could go wrong with either one. I just, uh, I, that that's been like a common question this week is who do we want? The Le, uh, need or Trent McDuffie. So either we or. didn't really solve anything. Cause we're now split. Um, even no, though just, it is super, super close. And honestly, just go either or you're, you're going to get a productive yeah. player either way. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. slot is the nickel position. Kansas City has proven to be productive. I mean, with Sneed last year, McDuffie towards the end of the year and this year. So it's like it's a proven position. Sneed's just a proven player. So it's like you're getting production either way you go. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. You're not going wrong. I think there's going to be potential for both of them to be to be IDP relevant. So, um, 
They're still ranking them high. Let's go on to the Dallas Cowboys and the Arizona Cardinals. Joey, kick us off. Where do you want to go uh, with this group? Kayvon Wallace, get him yes. off the of waivers as quick as you can. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's got that Buda Baker role and the box role too. Well, <laughs> I, I, you, you put it down how many box snaps he had last week. I can even, 65%. I can't Unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, granted, their linebacker group is, is weak at best. Right. But still 65% is crazy. It's an amazing number. Yeah. It's 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 better than any other player. Even Grant Delpit, who was at 61%, he somehow surpassed that um in week two. So absolutely love the usage there for Kayvon Wallace, especially playing an every down role now that Buda Baker um is on IR, right? So we right. I liked I liked Kayvon Wallace after week one when he was playing 75% of snaps because he was playing so much in the box and he made the waiver article that week, but this week, absolutely, I don't think he should be left on waiver wires in, in oh, most IDP all. leagues. I think I have him as safety eight this week. Nice. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's been. I, I think he. I know he led the team. I can't remember now. He led the team in tackles one of the past two weeks, or tied for the the league lead in ta- uh, team lead in tackles um, the the second week. But he's just been super effective because of that role. You're just not getting sixty five percent of snaps in the box plus a hundred percent of overall snaps from any safety. No. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the linebackers, like you said, it's kind of a mess. Kaiser white for sure. Other than that, like Josh Woods, if he plays has kind of been the LB two there, but he didn't play last week. It was Chris Barnes. So you played all right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think high efficient tackler, but I think that helps. Yeah. I think that helps, um, Chris Barnes or whoever ends up being the LB two there is if one of the other guys is out like Josh Woods, or if Chris oh, yeah. Barnes is out because now they don't have to necessarily split the snaps as much. Um, and it gives Barnes somebody like that, a chance to play a little bit more. It's still only 82% of snaps. So it wasn't like a true full-time role, but, um, could be effective in deeper leagues. But I think yeah. if Josh Woods plays, then they become, they both become slightly less interesting. Right. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, let's talk about the Cowboys. Uh, man, so it's such a good defense. Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah, they're such a good defense. I think the most the most man heavy defense in the NFL so far. Um, they've ran the highest rate of man coverage, but specifically their pass rush, right? Like it's man. been just man, vicious mayhem. Yeah, vicious. I mean, it was last year they led the league in pressures. Yep, yeah. The, the Micah Parsons, Demarcus Lawrence, even Dorrance Armstrong, Sam Williams is getting in there. Dante Fowler's been playing. At, yeah. the, all these guys have been super productive, but especially leading the way Micah Parsons and, and even Demarcus Lawrence as he gets up there in age. The guy's just super consistent yeah. um, and still putting up high-end numbers, 89.6 pass rush grade with a 47.4% pass rush win rate for Demarcus Lawrence last week and a 31.6% pressure rate. The guy's unreal at this point in his career still. Um, but yeah, Micah Parsons is edge one. If there was ever any question coming into this season, he's taken his game already to another level. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's gonna be he's gonna be unstoppable all year long. The Cardinals O line they've been average. It's not gonna matter. The 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 Cowboys defensive line is just too good. Anything else though from Dallas? Um, I'd love to see Donovan Wilson play, but he seems like he might. Yeah, I, I'd love to see it, but I'm still not gonna play him if he does. Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, it's been it's been a little bit messy their safety room right now. I think yeah. hopefully with Donovan Wilson coming back, it's more of a return to normalcy for the safety group. But right. it also hasn't helped that they've been blowing teams out. Um, right, they might do it again this week against Arizona. So I don't know that uh, the usage is going to be full time for any of these guys, but. We know that once Donovan Wilson comes back into the lineup, at least typically Dan Quinn has used those three guys, him, J. Ron Curson, Malik Hooker, and then they've had specific roles there where now there's it's been kind of messy a little bit where they've they've worked in a few other names that uh, we're not interested in for IDP, so I'm not going to try to pronounce some of those names, which are definitely right. harder to say. <laughs> uh, anything else for Dallas and Arizona? Um, I'm not touching Dallas's linebackers. I was, no. I had high hopes for Damone Clark, but right. Yeah. It's been, again, look playing again in that, that man heavy defense, right? It, it just doesn't create strong right. tackle efficiency. And we see that with Leighton Vander Esch all the time, even though he's playing basically a full-time role, he'll have his games. He'll have his strong games, but eight and a half percent tackle efficiency is yeah. way, way down um, yeah. compared to the rest of the league. So let's go to Sunday night football, the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, the Steelers offensive tackles have not been great so far this year. Uh, and now they draw Max Crosby, who I hope has a, a big game. I want to see him have like a big game in prime time because I love Max Crosby. we got the Jersey here behind me. Shout out Jake Wolhagen. Um, but he'll probably face, uh, Chukwuma Okuafor. I'm pretty sure I nailed that uh, pronunciation. Um, well but he's been he's been the slightly better of the two offensive tackles. 55.5 pass block grade on the year, but that's nowhere near amazing or, or anything to be concerned about if you're Max Crosby. Dan Moore on the other side of him, 11.9 pass blocking grade, um, has allowed 15 Yikes. pressures through two games so far this year. Yikes. Yeah, he is the left tackle there. Um, so Max Crosby is going to get the right tackle, but this maybe could be a good matchup for Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson has not shown anything um, through two games so far this year with Chandler no. Jones out. It doesn't feel like Chandler Jones is going to play. Maybe he does. Who knows? But it's a weird situation, but maybe this could be opportunity here for Tyree Wilson to show something uh, against Dan Moore, who has been, I think, the league's worst uh, offensive tackle as far as pass blocking goes. That's unfortunate. <laughs> it really is. Um, tag. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But we I, look. We we talked about Tyree Wilson right when we did our our rookie edge show um, on the IDP show, Big Nickel Podcast. We talked yep. about. Tyree Wilson, very much a project, right? Like this oh, yeah. was, it was going to take time. We don't expect him to kind of hit the ground running in the NFL. And it definitely has not been the case so far, despite you know, like, the super athleticism. Which is why we kind of like the landing spot because they still had yeah. Chandler Jones. Right. Yeah. It was going to give him some time to develop. Yeah. Yeah. Just has not been the case. So um, that's been a little bit harder uh, to trust, makes it a little bit harder to trust Tyree Wilson, even if he does get a decent snap share there. Um, but it's, if there's going to be a matchup for him to have a good game, this is the one here against Dan Moore. Um, anything else for the Raiders that, uh, that you like to talk about? Uh, actually, Trayvon Morig has played pretty decent mm. this year. 
you, I mean, he's obviously he's a deep safety, but he's he's been slightly productive, like more so than his his entire career. So he, it's kind right. of one of those guys you can stream on a weekly basis on a on a game script. But I don't really like much of the Raiders' defense at all, to be honest with you, outside of Max Crosby. Yeah. Yeah, Max Crosby is the man. Um, Robert Spillane has performed really well, at least so far. Um, he, he had a strong game in, in week two. I think something like 14 tackles added a sack in there as well. Um, so he's he's been kind of the every down guy. Divine Diablo as well has been pretty close to every down. So I think you could still start these guys. I wouldn't expect like the huge blow up game from Spillane every single week, um, but he's he's definitely a startable player in there. Yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, let's go to the Pittsburgh side. We got TJ Watt, who's going against Jermaine Illuminor, um, who's been fine, but also hasn't faced really tough competition yet, especially hasn't faced anybody on the level of TJ Watt. So Wait. could be another big game for TJ Watt. Um, Watt's been having one heck of a year. He's yeah, he's been he's been amazing. And what did he put to do last week? So yeah, he's playing 80% of snaps. It wasn't like he wasn't even like his best pass rush great game of the year too, 63.7 pass rush grade and still had a monster idp day just because he's so effective when he's on the field at just finding the ball coming up with turnovers and things like that even if he isn't winning his reps on a consistent basis throughout the game right and how about alex highsmith yeah man yeah what do you have last week seven tackles a sack and a pick yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's been he's been another one that's just been a beast out there and the, the volume is there for these guys and they're right. just they just feed off of each other. So super productive for for IDP. You love that. Um something that has not been that productive for IDP so far at least, although it was a better game for them in week 2 at least for Cole Holcomb. The linebackers in Pittsburgh, uh, 89.7% snap share for Cole Holcomb. So it wasn't an every down roll, but it was an increase from what we saw in week one, where it was much more rotational. This was kind of my concern with Cole Holcomb signing with the Steelers um, this offseason. I know they deployed a situational rotation amongst their linebackers last year, and I, I love Cole Holcomb. I think he's deserving of being an, an every down player and the contract they gave him, you would think so too, but there's, I think there's going to be weeks where we see him play even less than uh, this snap share that we saw um, here in week two, which is definitely a, a bummer and something to kind of keep an eye on. Yeah. It, it's, it's definitely worrisome, especially seeing guys like Quan Alexander playing mm-hmm. a healthy snap share. Just I don't know. I, I I was hoping for a pretty much an every down roll for Cole Holcomb. I know they play a lot of nickel and a lot of dime. I'm hopeful maybe with Fitzpatrick going down, he'll mm-hmm. see even more snaps. But I mean, Pizzi <clears throat> and Keanu Neal don't really present anything near what Fitzpatrick is. So no, no, and and yeah, we could talk about those guys too because Fitzpatrick. Um... Well, I think it was a chest injury or something like yeah. that last uh, on Sunday night. So he left the game and I, I think he might've even went to the hospital. I can't remember, but um, if he's out, uh, this is another one of those kind of ripple effect moves, right? Where um, if he's out, it helps both Kazee and Keanu Neal as the, the backup safeties, because when he's in the game, those guys actually kind of split the second safety role a little bit. But if it's Patrick is out, one of them moves into his 
deep role and plays an every down role, which is Demonte Kazee. And then Keanu Neal gets to play 100% of snaps and then gets the more favorable box role as well. So if you have to choose between the two, if Minka Fitzpatrick is out, I would definitely be looking at Keanu Neal yeah. as uh, as the next man up for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. But uh, the linebackers for Pitt, I, even though I love Cole Holcomb and he played 89%, I'm still kind of on the fence of even starting. Right. And it's not even going to be a favorable matchup for him against the Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I want to see where I have him here. I I have him a little bit lower in the rankings as well. Um, I'll find it here. Hold on. Let's just uh, pretend that nobody's listening to this and they don't mind me waiting. LB44 is where I have him. Um, so, yeah, he's he's a little bit lower in the rankings there for me. And it's just, it, just finding it hard to trust that the Steelers will deploy him in an every down role, basically. Right. Um, all right, let's go to one of two Monday night football games. I screwed this up last week. I said that there was only one Monday night football game. I thought that the one at the first one was a Sunday night football game. It's a whole mess. I don't know why the hell we're getting two Monday night football games back to back weeks. It's week three for God's sake. Um, but for whatever reason, we're, we're getting it and, and we have to kind of deal with it and we could watch an hour of one game and then just kind of bury the other one, I guess. I, I don't know what their plan is here, what they're thinking, but here we are. Philadelphia Eagles. At the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, Joey, what do we like about uh, the options on either Philadelphia or Tampa Bay? Uh, I liked uh, what Joe Tryon Shoyinka did last week, and it actually it made me look like a genius because I had him as a streamer for last week. Oh, nice! Yeah. That was a great call then. Um, yeah, but he looked good. He finally looked like the person they drafted. I mean, he's been kind of quiet his entire career. I mean. I expected more out of him last year, but he still, I mean, his, his snap share was solid, but he just didn't really produce. So to see him actually come out and I think he had what two sacks last week, right? Yep. Yeah. So uh, to see him actually come up and make more than one splash play, it's like, all right, so the potential is still there and he's still young. So it's nice to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Shaq Barrett's looking healthy again. So the, the edge rushers in Tampa Bay, it, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope. I mean, Tampa Bay surprisingly has been a pretty decent team. So mm-hmm. yeah, it, it is, it is kind of hopeful, right? I mean, look, Shaq or uh, try and show Inca 81.8 pass rush grade last week. It was the best of his career so far. Um, you know, he had a 55.9 the week before. Um, so I think it's something kind of worth monitoring because he's never really hit those heights before. So if he can string a couple performances together, you might want to trust him a little bit more um, on a weekly basis, especially if that snap share kind of goes up as well. So um, you do like that there. And yeah, like you said, it is very nice to see Shaq Barrett back after the Achilles tear. 93.3 pass rush grade last week as well um, on just 52% of snaps and then had the pick six too. So that was really cool um, for Shaq Barrett. But Anything else really for Tampa Bay? Because it's pretty another one of those kind of bland defenses where we kind of know what's going on there. Oh man, um, they have a safety, I, and I'm completely blanking on his name 100%. Antoine Winfield or Ryan Neal? No, there's another one. I don't know, maybe he's playing corner. By oh man, oh it's Christian Christian I Izine Izine. That's it, Izine. Yeah, yeah, the corner. Yeah, his corner. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been highly productive this year. Yeah, he's been solid. He's he's made it into the the cornerback rankings for me yeah. as well because yeah, it's super effective. And and look, the Eagles have two wide receivers that they love to pass to over there. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely potential for him to kind of be productive again. Um, yeah, other than that, nah, not too much. 
<laughs> yeah, not too much from Tampa Bay. We we know exactly what that defense right. is. Um, Hassan Reddick of the Philadelphia Eagles, super slow start. Um, people are frustrated. I think he's been a ghost on the box score so far, right. and. He's still playing enough. He is 67% of snaps last week, but just the 50 pass rush grade, 3.5% win rate, and a 3.5% pressure rate. Um, really, really low output there for Hassan Reddick. He might be another one of those guys where I'm giving him another week here. You know, Tampa Bay, the only thing with them, they have two really good offensive tackles. Uh, Tristan Wirfs is one of them, um, and I'm blanking on the other name. So it's not an easy matchup. The 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 Bucks offensive line has been really good. Um, mm-hmm. So I think this could be another quiet game for Son Reddick. Although we have seen him have these blow up games, so it's hard to completely eliminate him from most lineups. But uh, I think there's still potential to start him at least. Yeah, I mean you kind of have to. He he was yeah. a top what top three pretty much edge defender last year. Yeah. So like you know the potential is there. It's just the the slow start. And it's that 3% win rate. That's just, that's alarming. It is alarming. Yeah. So so it could only go up really. Um, Well, it could go down a little bit, but that is, (laughs) if it goes down worse than that, then we're really concerned. But um, the other thing here in Philly, I guess just one last thing to talk about is is their linebackers. We know N'Kobe Dean is on IR now, Mm -hmm. um, which for, uh, they caused, them to call up Nicholas Morrow from their practice squad and he ended up leading the group in snaps uh 94% 95% and and Zach Cunningham was 91%. Morrow not nearly as efficient as a tackler only 5.5% tackle efficiency but you got to feel like that'll come up just based on the the amount of snaps that he's playing and this is still one of the better defenses um to get tackle production from even though they've played a little bit more man this year um got to imagine that that'll come up as well so just keeping an eye out on nicholas morrow could add him off waiver wires as well this week yeah um all right let's go on to our last uh monday night football game and that is the los angeles rams and the cincinnati bengals um hmm, where do we start here i guess there's a few things. I mean, I think there's potentially opportunity here for Cincinnati's defensive line to kind of get back on track. I think Trey Hendrickson only has one sack so far. Sam yeah. Hubbard doesn't have anything. This is was a pretty productive unit um, previously, but the Rams are the 30th ranked pass blocking unit in the league. So how do you feel about the Bengals defensive line coming into this week? Um, I'm still not really sold on Hubbard. I mean, he has really been mm-hmm. a great pass rusher for his entire career. He's mostly been a volume tackler. Yeah. So I, I'm going to fire up Trey Hendrickson. Definitely. Sure. I think he has a nice bounce back game. I think he's going to pick up a sack. And other than that, I mean, I'm kind of going to stay away from since he's D line a little bit. Yeah. I'm more interested in how the linebacker group goes in Cincy. So Pratt's been the more productive linebacker, but it's still been Logan Wilson with every down roll. So he's, I think at 98% to Jermaine Pratt's, I think 92 or 93%. Mm -hmm. So I'm still, I actually got asked this question yesterday. Would you drop Logan Wilson for Jermaine Pratt? I don't think I'm going to yet just because he still has the volume role and he's traditionally been the more big play guy over Jermaine Pratt since they've been together. Mm -hmm. So he, I mean, Wilson has, I think, what, 18 tackles to Pratt's 20, and Pratt has one sack to 
Wilson zero. Right. So it's not like their numbers are that far off. So with Lo- Wilson being the every down guy, I think I'm still going to hold on to Wilson and hope that he gets back to his more playmaking ways. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I have Logan Wilson as LB 18 this week, and I have Pratt at LB 19. So I, I, I have them super, super close because Pratt – the usage has been encouraging, at least for yeah. this season. He was he's been up over ninety percent in each of the past two games. It got up to ninety five percent in week two. So you do really love that. I, I mean, I, I I think I got the same question, Jermaine Pratt or, or Logan Wilson. And honestly, if you prefer one over the other, that that's fine. If you want to go away from Wilson, I'm, I still lean Wilson because, like you said, the snaps are are still there in his favor, and he's unlikely to seed you know, the LB one role to Jermaine Pratt as far as snaps go. So we trust that a little bit more, but I'm fine going to Pratt if his, if his snaps are going to be 95% or so that's not that big of a difference. Right? No, not at all. And then Pratt's been good this year. Yeah. Yeah. He's been solid for sure. Um, then there's another there's a there's actually another position battle too on the Bengals which makes it interesting um at safety Nick Scott versus Dax Hill so this was another one that people were asking about which one do I prefer right now I know Dax Hill he's been I think the more productive IDP overall um so I believe that he he has more fantasy points in most leagues but Nick Scott is getting the better um alignment so mm-hmm. Dax Hill, I'll say, you know, I think he has 17 tackles and an interception through the first two games of the year. So definitely excellent fantasy production there. But I think we could see some potential um, regression in his tackle numbers, playing 54% deep, just 19% in the box, where Nick Scott is getting the more optimal IDP deployment, 36% of his snaps coming in the box so far, which has led to actually better tackle efficiency at 16.7% compared to Hill's 11.1%. So that just gives Nick Scott, I think, the slight edge for me at the moment. So I have him as safety 19 and safety 22. So who do you, who do you, who are you preferring in that, uh, in that group there? Um, I like Dax Hill just because he has the big play potential. And right. we have seen that role be productive with Jesse Bates. I mean, Jesse Bates was predominantly, he was a he was a deep safety in, in Cincinnati. And he still had over 100 tackles in a season and maybe even two seasons. But and the 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 big plays are, were always there for Jesse Bates too. So he's playing deep. He's coming up with tackles. So that role has historically been productive. So I think Dax Hill is the better player no offense to Nick Scott but I think Dax Hill is a very good player and 17 tackles in two games with a deep alignment kind of gives you those Jesse Bates vibes from his early years in Cincinnati yeah yeah it's a good call these guys are super super close so I'm fine with anybody who prefers one over the other for sure um but let's wrap it up here with the Rams. We don't have to spend a ton of time on these guys because it's another group that we kind of know what it is for the most part. We know right. Michael Hoyt or Hecht and Byron Young are volume monsters on the edge for them. Um, these guys are playing like 90% of snaps or something yeah. like that. So they're, they're just, just going to fall into production. Yeah, <laughs> they don't even have to be great pass rushers. They're just going to be productive just as a result of being on the field that much. Right. And then also playing next to Aaron Donald um, certainly helps, Talk right? for years. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Donald effect. Yeah, it really is. And um, it definitely helps these guys. And now, look, for Aaron Donald specifically, still playing at a high level. 
And he could potentially draw Cordell Volson, who is one of the Bengals starting guards this week, who has a 27.1 pass blocking grade. Mm. That is a massive mismatch going against Aaron Donald. So we'll see if they give him some help. I would imagine they would. But yeah, Donald, just a half sack on the year. So I think there's potential for him to kind of add to that. And and we know Joe Burrow's not a fully healthy either. So that could help him uh, land a little bit more production uh, this week. But anything else? Um, as we wrap it up here, anything else stand out from this game? No, I don't. I'm not really. I don't like the Rams defense at all. <laughs> Although Byron Young has been a nice surprise. I, yeah. I, I liked him going in just because of his potential role. I mean, you knew he was instantly going to be a starter, and he is a sack in each game. So it's like it's very nice to see. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 been positive for sure, and it's just like you said, the volume is there. It's it's hard to kind of go away from that. If you need somebody desperately, you can go to that, and then bank on the Aaron Donald effect too, right? right. So. Um, all right, buddy. Uh, that that's that's gonna do it. Uh, we went through the entire week three slate, uh, broke down all the key IDP information. Hopefully, we got the good people ready to dominate their IDP leagues this week. Joey, um, I can't thank you enough for coming on and lending two hours of your night to me and and the IDP fanatics who 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 want the information. So I really really appreciate you coming on, my man. Uh, it is always great to chat with you. Uh, it's always a pleasure. I love coming on your your pods, all your shows. I have a great time, man. Thank you, buddy. I, I it means a lot that that you, you you say that, and and I'm I'm happy to have you on here. I feel very lucky to get to talk to you. So, uh, before we let you go, please remind the people where they can find more of you and your work. You can find all my written work and content at footballguys.com, uh, projections, rankings, and. Uh, weekly article d-line streaming article two edge two ideal and a sleeper at each position beautiful yes definitely go check out joey's work over on football guys um as for me everything i write can be found on pff.com where you can find uh the idp fantasy reports uh o-line d-line matchups to target and avoid um wide receiver man zone coverage report idp rankings of course as well all of that stuff is over on pff.com um i will be back tomorrow previewing the rest of week three with the awesome kate majuk and then previewing week four with the idp side with me will be the lovely and talented josh raymer from the idp show so hope you'll all tune into those and until next time peace out